Hey, good morning, Nashville. This is the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC, where we talk all things real estate. So regardless, if you are a first-time home buyer or possibly looking to move up or downsize your current home, we talk about everything that you need to know before you buy that next home. I am your host, Michael Thayer, and I'm with Waterstone Mortgage. I'm MLS licensed, and my license number is 173264. A little recap from last week's show. We talked about the percentage of home ownership by decade and the presidential orders that drove and fueled the increase of home ownership, which also led to the demise and the financial crisis and us lenders pretty much saying, do you have a pulse? Can you sign here? Boom, you've got a home. And we all know how that ended up. And then we also talked about comparing conventional and FHA loans and got into a little bit of the MI piece as well, the mortgage insurance. So if you missed anything about last week's show, go out to the moneymanmike.net, uh, actually moneymanmike.net <laughs> website, or the Money Man Mike, uh, Money Man Mike Radio. See, I'm tongue twisted this morning already. It's too dang early. I need some more Red Bull or something. Facebook page, Money Man Mike Radio, and you can catch up on all of our uh, recent videos and actually every video we've done, our bloopers and all the good stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And for this week's show, we've got an outstanding show. Um, we're going to jump into several different topics from uh, why can buying a home be so scary and how to take some of that fear out of buying a home, the difference an hour makes. You know, we just recently uh, fall back. I always want to say fell back or fall back. I always get twisted there. But the hour difference makes that you lose every day now. And then we're going to get a little bit more into some um, – MI stuff, and then also we're going to touch on the amortization stuff that we were talking about during our prior prior show and just really show you how the MI drops off and why and where and all that good stuff. So with that being said, we have uh, joining me in studio today, Mr. Chris Corvo from Midtown Title. Jimmy, I'm surprised I didn't hear the uh, gong going off. I know. Well, for what? MI. MI. Yeah. I he, caught myself. Beginning of the show, and he's already acting like everybody it's knows. Early, Mort mortgage man. insurance, right? That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mission impossible. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess, I guess because is. I knew what it was, I didn't think about firing Tom, off the Tom Cruise is coming. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning, Mr. Thayer. How All are right. you, Good, How are you doing? Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. And then David. Peace. How you doing, Mike? Not bad. You, man? Man, I'm doing great. David Lukey from Capital Homes. And then we have... The one and only Mr. Thomas from MJ Frick Company. How are you? I'm doing fine. How you doing, Mike? Man, you sound like me. You're quiet and sleepy still this morning. It's oh, a little yeah, early, isn't it? haven't got up good yet. Man, they need to turn the air back up in here. Come on, Chris loves Our this listeners in here, it's like Eskimo City in this place. <laughs> Icicles and, coming and, off the vents. I'm telling you, there's hanging meat somewhere around here because it's always... Bone chilling cold in here, so I like it. Well, that's the way you like your house. That's well, the that, way that's a good lead into what we're going to talk about today. I was about to say that's what Thomas can do. Well, he won't be working on this unit. I guarantee you. <laughs> this unit just fine. It's working just fine. No so. repairs necessary. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that's a that's a very good lead in. There yeah, you go. Yeah. There you go. See, Thomas works for MJ Frick, which is an heating and air cooling company. It is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what all do you guys, I mean, obviously it's obvious what you guys do, but what, what, I mean, just what's the basics for a homeowner and so forth that they need to know about and the seasonal changes and servicing and all that good stuff? Well, let me, let me do this real quick. Let me introduce MJ Frick as a company first. I've been okay. working with MJ Frick almost two decades now through two different companies when I used to work for somebody and then when I started Capital Homes. 
And they're a local company. So that's the nice thing. They're not some big, you know, out of town company. But they're the thing that I always say to people is when they ask me, Hey, I need someone to come work on my house. Not a house that I built, but another, you know, a friend of mine says, right. I need a HVAC guy. I say, Well, I know a guy who's not the cheapest, but they're the most honest. They're never going to come out and rip you off. And there are big companies in this town that if you show up, you're going to need a whole new unit. I don't care if the unit's three years old. You're getting oh, you need a whole new unit. This whole this unit's all shot. So that's why I use MJ Frick because these guys are honest. And the th- reason I want to talk to Thomas today is, you know, we do the the Capital Homes Tip of the Week, and so the Tip of the Week this week is maintain your HVAC unit because mm-hmm. it will last longer as a result. So, Thomas, let's ask you real quick. How often should somebody have their unit maintained? Well, at least twice a year, figuring on maintaining your air and your heat. So, that would be twice a year. So, once for the air in the spring. Once for the air and once for the heat. So, right now would be a great time to have somebody look at their heat. Heat, exactly. So keep, that, keep that air blowing, man. So what does that Ice mean, uh, maintenance? And yeah, what, is what, what, does it, what, what does that entail? I mean, is well, it looking under the hood, check, changing the oil? No, it's different than a car. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it seems like a car to us, though. <laughs> oh, exactly. You know, so, but no, it, uh, cleaning the coils, the filters, you know, maintaining your system is a very important thing, you know, uh, as far as, uh, especially your coils. Your coils are dirty. Then your, your your unit's going to run a lot more amps. It's going to pull a lot more amps. It's going, in, in turn, going to cost you more money. Same with your filters. You know, a lot of people don't pay attention to the filters, but the filters are one main thing that you have in the house that needs to be maintained. And normally, the customer maintains that themselves. But so, so on a home that let's say is five years old, how often should they be changing their air filters? Well, uh, depending on how, what filter you use, whether it's okay. the media filter or just the regular fiberglass filter. The fiberglass filter is a 30-day filter. Okay. You know, and it definitely needs to be changed every 30 days whether it looks like it does or not. So when they're making that mortgage payment to Michael, they should change their air they filter. They should change the their air filter. Mm-hmm. Got yes. it. Got it. That's and a you, lot of work to do that every month. There's different ones out there you can get that you last can, longer? Yes, you can. You can go to the media filter, and uh, it'll last. They got some that's like four inches they can do six, six months. Uh, That'd be my style. Yeah, heck yeah. And it, it is a lot better filter, so it will it will actually make your system you know last a lot longer as well. But and you're saying media like M M M E D I A. That's it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know my country accent. Don't. <laughs> no, it's just early in the morning. My ears aren't working. <laughs> so what are the what are the main types of heating units that most people have in the Nashville area? Is it heat pump or gas or oil or what? Well, uh, here, heat pump works fine here. You know, gas, a lot of people use gas, but heat pump is a little bit more efficient, you know, for your system. Uh, normally, people upstairs, you know, upstairs, they use uh, a heat pump. Downstairs, they got gas. Okay. Because heat rises. Okay. Okay. And the heat pump don't, you know, it operates a little bit more efficient than, than the gas unit does, which they've got some 90% gas furnaces now that's really efficient. So you can't really say that. you know. Yeah. Well, we, we may need to come back to this after the break yeah. to talk a little bit more about what to do to maintain both that air conditioning and the heat pump and the gas furnace. Absolutely. Hey, you've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back.
Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You are listening to the Money Man Mike Show, where we talk all things real estate. Before the break, we were talking with Thomas from MJ Frick Company and discussing the differences between units as far as your HVAC, your uh, split. I'm going blank on heat the, pumps. Heat pumps. Thank you. And what's more efficient and so forth. So let's get back into that and the maintenance of them. And you know what? What do you personally prefer? Is it pretty much depends on the house and environment? It is. Uh, depends on how new the house is and how tight it is. Uh, heat pump tight. is actually. How tight, That's Jimmy? Right. That that was one you should have given the. the <laughs> you you <laughs> guys are just. Oh, I could have did it for uh, HVAC too. That's yeah, true. That's you true. know what? Everybody's jonesing for this. What yeah, do you say we just good. give it to them? Oh my goodness! <laughs> In a world where Mike and David know exactly what they're talking about, and the rest of us are saying, "What the?" F-? <laughs> All right, so let's start off with HVAC. HVAC. Thomas? Is. Okay. Uh, what does it mean? He, it, HVAC? It's <laughs> HVAC. That's, uh, well, well, what's it stand for? Well, okay. It is heating, ventilation, AC. Air conditioning. Air conditioning. There you go. Okay. All right. There heating, you go. ventilation, air conditioning. And the ventilation is a part that people miss in that. They, they do. The ventilation is equally important. And so the other thing that you were asking about was a tight, tight house. Something that's relatively new in Davidson County that's been around for a while, and we'll ask Thomas maybe to elaborate on it too, is we now do what's called a blower door test. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they close up all the windows and all the doors, and they put a vacuum seal on the front door, and they blow the air out, correct? Exactly right. And they want to see how much exchange there is. And there's two issues there. First, the house has to be tight enough, but it can't be too tight. Mm-mm, it has to breathe. That's right. You know. And so you need a little bit of that ventilation in the house. Mm-hmm. And so so that's one of the things that is important, that what you may do for a house that's 20 years old, both in terms of maintenance and in use, you would not necessarily want to do in a house that's five years old. So one of the things Thomas and I were talking before the show, do you recommend leaving the fan in the on position or on auto? Yeah, I do leave it in the on position. On really? a newer house. On a newer house. The reason is is because you you're circulating air in the house. Yeah. So you keep it more balanced from room to room as well. Uh, when you go to an older house, like he just said, then you're pulling in humidity from outside as much, and you're you're causing a lot of humidity issues in the house. So if you don't have an encapsulated crawl space, it's an older house, and you leave that mm-hmm. fan in, you're, you might be, you probably will be introducing outside air right, right. from mm-hmm. your crawl space or your attic into the house because your duct work's mm-hmm. probably not tight. Whereas exactly. a house that's got a blower door test... It's tight. So you're going to have a lot better airflow. You're going to have a lot better you know, mixture in your room. You know how most people, they'll close their doors to each bedroom in their house? Right. Well, if you run in the fan, you're always circulating air through each all the rooms, so none of the rooms will stagnate air. So mm. you'll, you'll, you'll stay more equal. So, so let's go back to this gas furnace. And tell us again, what you, that fall time... Maintenance. What do we want to do for our gas furnace? What are we trying to accomplish there? On your gas furnaces, you definitely want to make sure there's no heat uh, exchanger cracks. Okay, that's that's dangerous. Carbon monoxide. Uh, a lot of people don't know, but just the least amount of carbon monoxide can cause brain damage. Even though you can't smell it or anything like that, can can cause it. Possible. Your heat could still me. work. <laughs> Your heat can still work, and even with a crack in it, a a small crack, 
and it could still cause damage to you. Wow. So who does that vacuum? Who does that vacuum test? Metro or your uh, codes inspectors or? Going back to when we're building the house new, we do the, the blower door test. Yes. yes. Actually, MJ Frick does that for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they'll come out yeah. and they'll do that test and give you reports on that yeah. to show you if the house. And you, and you could do it on an existing home, right? If you wanted to oh, know, yeah. if you were, if you, if you yeah. felt like your energy bill was too high mm-hmm. and you wanted to know if you had a massive leak somewhere, you could do that. They and they would, that they could figure out if you have a door that's leaking or if you have some kind of a crawl space leak or something like that, they can find a leak for you. Mm-hmm. So it's not codes required. It's something you guys do. No, for it's you, a codes requirement now. It is a codes it requirement. It wasn't now. last year, but it is now. So there's some sort of like, I don't know if it's EPA standard, but there's some sort of mm-hmm. standard somewhere. Well, yeah, you have to own a newer house now. That's because the way they're making them now, you, you have to have, yeah, you know, an air test done on them, you yeah. know, especially codes. Yeah. Didn't used like he said, didn't used to be like that, but it is now. And that's just basically for energy efficiency. I mean, just right well, up the gate. it's more than that. Yeah, yes. it is more than that. Okay, you know, uh, it's indoor quality, you know, air quality for your house too. You know. Okay. Yeah. So, so when you're standing over at a vent and you smell that funny smell and the air kind of kicks on that musty smell, that's probably a problem? Well, not necessarily. No. Yeah, like he says, it's not a problem. But nine times out of ten, anytime you, you just turn your air conditioning on after the winter time, then you've got a moldy, musty smell coming off that coil. Yeah. Which, after you, if you, that's why I say maintenance is a, is a great thing because they'll clean them coils. And then you don't have that musty smell when you first start them up. That makes sense. And the other thing that I see people do all the time, Thomas, you could talk about this real quick, is the outside compressor. Mm -hmm. They let their bushes grow right up against that sucker. Oh, that's a (laughs) no-no. I mean, and they they think they're hiding it, but in in terms, they're hurting their cells. Okay. Tell tell us what's going on there if they do that. Well, they can't breathe. It's just like me or you. You know, if uh, one of our lungs go out, then it's going to be hard on us. Right. Okay. Same with that unit. Eventually, it'll go down. Got to have air circulation. Got to have airflow. Yeah. So in between that spring meeting that you're going to come in, and and just also to clarify, if you want MJ Frick to come out and do an annual maintenance, you guys have a program that you come out twice a year for them. How much do you guys charge for that? We usually charge $149 for the first system and $110 for every additional system. And that does your yearly maintenance for, for heat and coat. So twice a year visits? Yes, sir. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when they do that, they're going to make sure that the outside coil is nice and clean and, and, and pulled away. But in the meantime, during the summertime, when people are mowing the grass mm-hmm. and the grass flies on the coil, what what's an easy way that's safe for them to get that grass off of that? Just broom it off or vacuum it off? Eh, it would be better to uh, probably, you know, wash it out with uh, water. With a hose? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, vacuuming it can, you know, just ain't going to get it out. Got uh, it. It needs to be washed out. So just take a water hose and put mm-hmm. a sprayer on it? Well, it depends on, you know, how much, how dirty it is. You know, a lot of times we'll use acid to clean that stuff. Uh, but the but the leaves and the grass and all that stuff is hard to get out of them coals. So you, you really got to wash it good. It takes, mm. it takes a while to get it out of there. Got it. So, so if you if you do the spring meeting... And then in July, I mean, the spring maintenance for them, like MJ Freak comes out and does mm-hmm. that. You do a real good job cleaning it. And come July, I notice leaves and grass on it. I could probably just spray it off. You or, could. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sorry. No, I was just saying. So, like in my house, I've got a unit outside, and then I've got one the heat pump upstairs. Mm-hmm. So, is, do you consider that two units, or is no, that that's one, one unit? System. That's one system. One system. Yeah. You, you, okay. Okay. Whatever that thermostat's controlling. And now, don't get me wrong. You you may have a zone system on one system that does three zones in your house. That's still only going to consider one system. Okay. I do have a zone system. So. Uh, you, so you'll have two thermostats or three or whatever you zone in. So, still just one unit though. Okay. So you combine them. So if I heard that correctly, you said it was 149, but that's that's basically the first system. Yeah, but it but that's also a spring and and fall. So it's basically seventy five dollars a trip, but you prepay it one time. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and I do know that there's some other things that they do with that too. They give you a priority on repairs. And we stuff do. Like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a fifteen percent discount if you join the club. Uh, so any repairs down the road in that year that you join mm-hmm. is a 15% discount on anything any do, anything to do with any repair. Plus, there's no uh, overtime fee on the weekends. Yeah, oh, everybody else, yeah, everyone else wants to charge you emergency exactly. fees and they everything want to charge, else. They want to charge that extra. Now, David, do you all use MJ Frick on your capital homes? We do, yeah. If you go, Just about every house that we've ever built, MJ Frick has done for us. Wow. And okay. if, so, if, you know, if you want to go to Capital Home Ideas, and send me an email. I can forward you their contact information, or you can probably find it on Facebook. We'll make sure and put a post with MJ Frick's contact information on the Capital Homes Facebook page. You can find MJ Frick on Facebook. I know that for sure. Mm-hmm. And they have a website, too. What's that web address? You know, I... Oh, <laughs> it'll be on Facebook. <laughs> <dot com. laughs> Moneymanmike.net or Moneymanmike Radio Facebook. You will find this. Mr. Tom's... Mr. Thomas's information. I'm all tongue twisted still, man. Learning all about HVAC stuff. But uh, when we come back from break, we're going to jump into what the difference an hour makes. Heck, for me, this morning, I need an extra hour of sleep. But uh, we're going to talk about that and then get into the EMI and the amortization charts when we come back from break. Been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You're listening to the Money Men Mike Show. We talk all things real estate. Just wrapped up a little segment talking about HVAC with Mr. Thomas from MJ Frick in Heating and Cooling. And again, if you need his information, go out to our Facebook page at Money Men Mike Radio or online at moneymenmike.net. Now, we just recently fell back an hour, which what's y'all's opinion on that? I mean, me personally, I hate it. Oh, I wish they would leave it the, the, the summertime time all year. Yeah. I love it the first day when you fall back. <laughs> you get that extra hour, you know, you're like, yeah. I don't, I, don't, just, I don't care if it's dark at 9 o'clock. No. Jimmy? Yeah, I don't like it being dark at 5 p.m. That's just no, that too sucks. early. Don't they do it for, like, the kids at the school bus stop? Or, I mean, why, what is the purpose of it? They, they well, did it back in the day so the farmers, farmers. could finish up their field yeah. planting or something. And so. I think more recently you've noticed they pushed it back because it used to be it would happen before Halloween. Because I remember as a kid, I'd go trick-or-treating at 5 o'clock as soon as it turned dark. Yeah. yeah. And last, you know, on Halloween it was like 6. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but I've also understood that they do it for retail because more people will do things when it's light later. You know, they'll grill out more. They'll stay outside and supposedly spend money. So it's an economic stimulus so, yeah. plan. So mm-hmm. that goes to my point. Just keep it rolled yeah, back. Just I keep agree. it later. Yeah. I, the other reason that I know that they do it as well is for the schools so that they don't spend as much money on HC. 
Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. yeah. They're not they're not in the schools in the hottest part of the day. Hmm. Well, back in my days, Sonny, we didn't have AC in no. schools. I know. No, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I, I went know. To, I went to Goodlesville High School, oh. and it was one of the reasons why that school was closed, because we didn't have, have AC. It was just like a few uh, wall units. So you wow. go back to school in August, and you sweat. Oh, that would be hot. Bullets. Yeah. God. We didn't have AC in my school either. Goodlesville High School, I'm assuming, is gone. Uh, they tore it down a couple of years ago and rebuilt it as a middle school, yeah. I know the middle school is going in there, but I didn't know the high school sat there. But it had been closed for several years, I guess. Well, right? no, it was a middle school. They've been—I mean, that building, the original part of that building, was built like in 1917. Wow. So no, that's what I'm saying. You go in there, and it's just—that's a time warp. It really was. But they—they they finally decided. What, what amazed me is they—they they, you know said, okay, no more high school. So you think they would have tore it down back in the 80s uh, hmm. when the school stopped being a high school? But no, they turned it into a middle school and stayed that way for 30 years. <laughs> I still don't get it. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's just... Yep. Moving on. Why does buying a home have to be so scary? I know we're a little late on the Halloween theme, but uh, we didn't get to this last week. But uh, why does buying a home have to be so scary to somebody? Oh, 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 oh. I know. Jimmy's hands Jimmy, raised. Jimmy, Jimmy. 30-year mortgage commitment scares yeah. me. It's the commitment for that. That's just like a lifetime, man. All right, so you're paying rent for, let's say you live for 85 years. You're committed yeah. to your landlord for well, 85 years. I don't sign a 30-year lease. Yeah, you sign a one-year lease. So you sign it in one-year increments. What's the difference? Well, I, okay, I'm going to get along with you, Mike, one year at a time. What do you think? I can set that up. <laughs> You won't like the payment, but you, oh, I can set see, that up. look at him, look at him. <laughs> I think it's people's fear of commitment. It is, as Jimmy said. So now uh, you're also keep in mind, Mike. You're talking to a 47 year old man who's never been married. So I have apparently a fear of some sort of commitment <laughs> of many levels. But you've owned multiple houses. Yeah. Um, no one actually. And true confession time. Yes. By Jimmy Tuwell. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for the last name. So, oh, oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> It's JT, man. That's okay. I'm the producer. I can edit, edit that. It. He's going to edit. He's going to edit. That's too funny. Nice. But that's most people, I think. They're just, you know, it's a huge commitment for them. It's like the last uh, barrier to cross to adulthood. And once you do that, you've, you've become an adult and you're stuck for 30 years because you can never sell it, I guess. That's what they're afraid of. And, and here's the other, other part of that, Mike, is the last, well, the only home I've ever owned, I mean, just really tanked. I lost a bunch of money on it. And we've talked about this before on yeah. the show, so I won't yeah, go into detail exactly. on that. But I was the guy that mortgage lenders should love because even though I lost my tail on it, I continued to pay that mortgage and I sold the house at a loss and I didn't walk away from it. Here's the interesting thing. I, you would think, and a lot of people have postulated, that millennials are going to be afraid to purchase a home because of the experiences their parents had, some of them losing their homes and so forth. Mm-hmm. And and I don't have a study to say that that's not correct, but I know from my son's friends that they're that's the opposite of true. Oh, absolutely. You know why? They're really looking forward to buying a house. Because yeah. nobody wants to do what their parents do. And that's they're going to do just the opposite. You lost your home, I'll never lose my home. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they're, they're, but they're looking to buy. They're looking to buy a house. My mm-hmm. I, my son's friends are looking to buy. And I don't know if maybe they're an aberration or whatever, but they seem to really want to buy a home. Well, I called some friends the other day. They had bought this house in 13. I remember them buying it. And uh, it was, you know, I think it was three hundred something thousand, and they're selling and moving to the same neighborhood again, which which what happens. But they sold it for four eighty, so I mean in Franklin, mm-hmm. so they walked away. I mean, they made 
Yeah, they in money. five years, uh, you know, one hundred and eighty thousand right. dollars. Right. Yeah, you know, and so that right there is what people should look at, and that, and that's really a great lead into what we're going to talk about later, which is if your house is going up in value so much, and you're thinking about refinancing, the double savings that you're going to hit because the interest rate's not a big part of it, but the MI is a huge part of it. Yeah. I don't know if you're ready to talk about that now, but that's that's a big deal. I mean, houses have gone up so much in the last five years, around here especially. No, we'll jump into that. But the only other fact I want to put out there for why a house uh, home buying can be so scary is everyone's fearful of getting turned down. Nobody likes rejection. That's yeah. a natural human instinct. Well, back last month, 71% of all applications were approved. No. Seven out of ten or almost three quarters. Yeah, that's right. a big number. Yeah. Yeah, that's big. And uh, people, millennials, 44% of millennials are putting down less than 10%. Really? So they have money to put down, but yes, they are buying it. But yes, they do see the the yeah. huge upside of the appreciation and everything in the market. I mean, why do you want to rent when you can sit there and make 180 grand and however many months it was. Well, hopefully people are seeing that they're trying to get an early start, so they're not paying on that house when they're getting close to retirement age, and they can retire and have that free and clear, or I suppose maybe their parents were still paying on that house in retirement and maybe have lost it for that reason right. uh, because they were retired and they couldn't make the payment anymore. So I, I don't know, maybe that has something to do with it. You're going to want to definitely go out to the website for this next segment. We're going to try to break this down as simply as we can. Um, I know trying to visualize numbers via the radio or, or any way, phone, whatever you want to call it, um, is difficult at best. But go out to moneymanmike.net or on Facebook at Money Man Mike Radio and check out all these PDFs I'm going to put out there for you guys to see these numbers. But one thing you're going to see is the MI quotes. And MI, mortgage insurance, is that necessary evil, unfortunately, if you don't have the 20% to put down. And it's a required policy, insurance policy, in case you default on a loan. Everything about your MI is based on your percentage you are putting down, your credit score, and your debt-to-income ratio. And then it spits out well, on the property type as well. And it spits out a number. And we were talking last week's show how we took one client that was looking at putting – how much were they looking to put down? 10, well, they were they were contemplating putting down three or five percent. Okay, right. And they but they wanted their payment to hit a certain target. Right. And the way that you were able to get them there was to have them put down, I think, ten or fifteen percent and avoid the MI. Well, he came back saying he, they could put down the fifteen. What what would my yeah. payment be like here? Yeah. So instead of taking and putting that full amount down, we looked at okay, his monthly MI was going to be one hundred twenty five dollars a month. Which okay. is 125 bucks on top of his regular mortgage payments, and then the single MI, which is a one-time premium paid at closing to eliminate the monthly MI, was a cost of five thousand seven hundred and thirty dollars and twenty-nine cents. Got it. So we simply reduced his down payment that he was willing to put down. Got it. By the fifty-seven thirty, and that ultimately reduced his payment not only by the 125 bucks of regular monthly mortgage insurance, but also because he was putting more money down. It took him from I think a seventeen fifty to like a fifteen hundred or fourteen fifty payment. I, I think it was fourteen something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, it dropped several hundred dollars. I remember very specifically because he was really trying to get his payment under fifteen hundred dollars, and and he looked at it with you both. Well, you you were great to educate him on that to get that payment down where he wanted to be because what it is is he was selling a home. Yeah, and so he's getting a lot of cash out of his house, and he was thinking that maybe he would just save it and not put as much down, and he decided instead he wanted to get that payment down quite a bit. 
Yeah, there's a lot of ways to navigate these numbers, but when we come back... I, I want to talk about, you said something about how much you put down yeah, or how much you owe relative to the value if you refinance. Yeah, we're going to get into that next segment for sure. Hey, you've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You are listening to the Money Man Mike Show where we talk all things real estate. And many times on the show, you've heard me mention the word amortization schedule or chart. And you can Google it all day long and you'll find all sorts of different uh, websites, applications, and so forth. And it's really, really simple. You simply plug in your outstanding balance or whatever your original loan amount is, the number of years you have on your loan, and your interest rate. And then it'll spit out what your payment will be every single month until that loan's paid off, and it'll show you exactly where every penny is going, whether it's principal or to interest. And then if you have mortgage insurance on that, on top of that, then that's a totally separate calculation. Sometimes the websites will have that where you plug it in and some of them won't, but it's still something that has to be factored in. So on the website uh, for this show, again, moneymanmike.net or on Facebook at moneymanmikeradio, I have ran amortization schedules for a 30-year loan. I've reduced the rate from the original 30-year down to a lower rate on another 30-year loan. Then I've taken it one step further and gone down to a 25, to a 20, to a 15. And then the question I always get is, well, what if I just send in some extra money on my existing loan? Won't I save the same amount of money? And the answer is no. And we're going to go through that, and I'm going to put all that up on the website so you can see it. But the biggest thing that you need to, you know, to take it back to the client we were talking about just a minute ago in the prior segment of doing single MI versus doing MI, there's, there's never just a set time on when we do that. It's literally a case-by-case -case scenario. It's the same as for when you have somebody who has an existing loan that bought you know, two years ago, and maybe they took an FHA loan or whatever it was, and now they have the equity position, but yet they're still paying MI. And again, MI is a waste of money for you. You are paying an insurance policy for the, ins for the mortgage company in the case that you default. So, or um, FHA loans, the, the mortgage insurance stays on the entire time now, right? The new mortgage loan, yeah. The, and it was originated after 15, uh, I believe, is when it was. I think that's correct. But, yeah, so before, once you got 80% loan to value, you could you could have it terminated through the FHA. Exactly. But nowadays, all FHA loans, it's on the whole time. It's that. It's so that. if they had like a 4.5% interest rate or 5% interest rate because rates were up, and and now the rates are pretty low, you know. Uh, sometimes at four below four, mm -hmm. they could look at the refinance and get that off there. Yeah. And Jimmy and I were we were talking about this a couple of shows ago about how if you initiate a loan, let's say you paid two hundred and fourteen thousand dollars for your house, and eighty percent of that loan value is what it is. Use rounder numbers. Hundred thousand dollar house. Two hundred. <laughs> let's say let's say two hundred thousand. At See, eighty three cents. All right. Two hundred thousand dollars on a house, right? And and your eighty eighty LTV is one hundred and sixty. Okay. And you but you're doing FHA, so you're only putting three percent down. Okay. You've got to wait until you pay it down to that one hundred and sixty. Even if the house goes down in value, you still can do that and get your MI eliminated. Yes. yes. 
But if the property value goes up, right? So you've only been in the house three or four years, you haven't paid a lot of principal, but the, now the house is worth two hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. You've got the twenty percent equity, but your original loan is not going to drop your MI. Nope. The the wow. most effective way to drop your MI is. Refinance. 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 Or sell your home. Or sell your home. That's true. <laughs> I'll take or 70 grand and, if, and if Andrew was here, she could help you do that. Yes. <laughs> but, but yeah. But that, that, that's kind of the thing that I'm saying that if you live in Nashville and you bought your home since 2010, yeah. But before 2015, on FHA. On any any loan where your MI was required, where mortgage insurance was required, whether it was conventional or whether it was FHA, if you have a mortgage insurance component to your payment, you need to look at it. And you haven't called Michael Thayer or gone to Michael Thayer's website, which is Michael Thayer, T is in Tom, H is in Henry, A Y E R dot com. You are wasting your money because you probably have gone up twenty percent. Mm-hmm. We've gone up twenty percent in the last eighteen months. Yeah. Well, the one thing we talked about, and he kind of briefly went through it, I, I want to talk about is people only think, well, I can only get a 30-year or 15-year note, you know, mm-hmm. and, and people don't understand there are different increments that you can go in besides yeah. just 30 or 15-year, because some people go, I can afford the 30, but I can't afford a 15-year note. It's too expensive, you uh, know? You'd be surprised. So, I mean, what other, what kind of increments do, does the mortgage company typically go by on those situations? Typically 30, 25, 20, 15, 10. So if somebody with rates went down and the equity positions there, they could theoretically be paying the same payment, even drop several years off the term of their loan, if not 10, 10 years or so, 15 years. I ran that example. I went from a 30-year on a $225,000 loan amount, and let's say they had a 4.5% rate, I draw and plugged in the same um, loan amount. Actually, my fault, I reduced it by uh, – Ten grand, so it's two hundred fifteen thousand dollar loan amount now. Took the rate from the four point five to the three point seven five, which is a very modest reduction, and changed again the terms from a thirty to a twenty five. What do you think the payment difference was? That's dropping the MI on the second example. Yeah, I bet the payment was less. Yeah, I'm gonna guess the payment's at least a hundred bucks less. In this case, the it was I ran a, a higher credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, borrower, um, but the payment actually went up thirty five bucks. Oh, really? But you're dropping the MI, so your net benefit is significant. Yeah, and that's again where if you have the MI, you need to look at. But here's here's another thing to look at: if you're doing this two years into your existing three year, I mean thirty year mortgage, you just shaved off three additional years of no mortgage payments. Yeah. So, so the example that you're bringing out is if somebody bought their house, let's say in 2012, for mm-hmm. example, four mm-hmm. years ago, okay, and they've paid down their loan a little bit, yep. which you kind of guesstimated how much they've paid down their loan. Yep. The interest rates haven't changed that much. No. But the appreciation in the value of their home has made the MI no longer required. Absolutely. And so when they refinance, they're dropping from a 30-year loan, which they've paid three or four years into, down to a 25-year loan. So they now have a shorter term. They're gonna their payoff date is sooner rather than later. Yep. And their payments drop because the MI went away. Yep. Well, even if it's the same, you're make you're you're replacing what you're paying in mortgage insurance to money you're putting towards your towards your payoff. Well, let, Absolutely. Let, let's put a real figure with this. This 
30 to 25-year scenario I showed you where the payment actually went up 35 bucks. Mm-hmm. What do you think the savings was over the course of the 25 years of the new loan? I, I, don't know. I would say about $80,000. I don't think it's that high. I'm going 25, 30. Jimmy? Uh, I'm going to say 100. How about $78,900? Lock on the money, man. There you go. <laughs> and that's the beautiful thing that the amortization schedule will show you is to the penny. Yeah. You can run the numbers and see exactly to the penny. Does it make sense or does it not? Don't ever argue with my math, man. David's we had his shoes off over here counting on his toes. So, <laughs> so that, that scenario there was a five-year difference. Five-year difference. So you're saying, so if they refinance from a 30 to a 25, it would a modest reduction in interest rate, what was that, less than a half a point or half a point? Uh, three quarters of a point. Three quarters of a point, and they're going to save eighty grand over the term of the loan. That's a lot of money. And that includes the savings on the MI? Or I not? was just about to say, that's before the savings of the MI. That's pretty bad. So the That's savings good. is actually higher than the, than the seventy eight nine. This is just your interest and payments. Oh, so mm. with the savings, uh, it's probably up to a hundred. I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think you need to recalculate. Yeah, Mr. JT over there, uh, <laughs> he gets the gold star for today. <laughs> so that that's the big point that I want to really make sure and drive home for your listeners today, Mike, is that. If you bought a house in the Nashville area since two thousand and ten, even mm-hmm. two thousand and ten. And you haven't refinanced to to eliminate your MI. You're right. You are absolutely throwing money down the toilet. Yes. And hopefully the toilet's not clogging. <laughs> but you're just you're just shoving it right down because because you could save big money. You can save big money because your house is appreciated, not because the interest rates change. Because people get tied up in knots. So, oh, if interest rates don't drop two percent, refinancing is a waste of time, which is a good rule of thumb in a stagnant market. But it's not the right rule of thumb in today's Nashville market where we've appreciated. I, wh- no. What do you think in eight last year and a half? What do you think we've appreciated? I don't know the number, but oh. I, if I if I had to guess, that's a dangerous question because all the different areas in within Nashville. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, it's a, it, it it really depends. But easily ten to twenty. I, I can say I can tell you right now our property values for the homes that we're selling in Delvin Downs, which you can find on CapitalHomeIdeas.com, has gone up twenty percent in the last eighteen months. Really? Yes. From where you were selling and, to what you and, are selling, and I'm overbooked. I'm overbooked. I, I really, we have more sales than I can build right now. And my 20 estimate for East Nashville is way low. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I closed some folks the other day who refinanced, and he just bought last year, and he refinanced because the rate dropped about a half a point. Yeah. He dropped some term off of it and mm-hmm. saved, you know, seventy or eighty thousand dollars. So people are doing it. Yeah. Uh, so it does make sense. And the one people got to remember is that when you close that loan, everything you do is based off that date and time. So to get back to your point, David, the reason that one mortgage insurance won't come off is because the lenders don't go back in and reevaluate their position right. in yeah. the property. You know, you took the loan at that time. That's what it is. Yeah. If you want to change that position. You have to change loans a lot of times to be able to do that. Is there costs involved with that? Sure, there's costs involved with that. But the long-term savings is potential on is, even, even the short. What's the hard cost, Chris, uh, from a from a title company's perspective on a refinance? Two hundred thousand dollar house. Um, I don't. I don't know. Less than fifteen hundred bucks, probably. To save eighty thousand dollars, fifteen hundred bucks a day to save eighty thousand dollars. I was about to say we can skip two months payment on a refi. That's a pretty. That's a pretty yeah. good trade. You're going to be black in the black. Yeah, right, right out the gate. Yeah, that's a great trade. And one other thing I want to leave with you guys is when you're 
you say, hey, I'm just going to pay some more on my existing loan. Did the same scenario for a 30 down to a 15. Now, in this case, the difference in the payment was, uh, I want to say, 315 bucks. But when they tr when we put that extra 315 into their existing 30, they still were not paying off the loan within 15 years. They were still at 18 and a quarter years to pay the loan off, and they were still paying $57,000 more. Wow. It's because of that MI? It's MI and everything else. Hey, we got it, bro. Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. Have a great weekend.